0: Eve Picker. Today's guest is the founder and CEO of Small Change, a regulated investment crowdfunding portal focused on real estate with social impact. Today, Eve is using WeFunder to raise money for growing small change, providing evidence that crowdfunding works. Eve will share insights about her work and her superpower. I'm your host, Devin Thorpe. Welcome to the Superpowers for Good show. Eve, thank you so much for coming back. It's so great to see you again. Well, thank you very much for having me back. I'm looking forward well, to this. Yeah, when I had you on last time, uh, it was just before SuperCrowd 22. You were great at SuperCrowd 22. It was so good to talk to you about the great things that you're doing at Small Change. Uh, I just loved your, I, I love, love, love your impact, focus, crowdfunding platform, Small Change. It just, it's just amazing and inspiring. At that time, I didn't appreciate that you were going to launch your own crowdfunding campaign to raise money, which now you have done. So I'm excited to talk to you about small change in that new context. So thank you very much for coming. Okay. I'm getting
1: a taste of my own medicine right now, right?
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) You know, that is so true. Um, I, I suspect you're already learning things you thought you knew. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes i
0: am yeah i am yeah. sure yeah you, you you're walking a path you've you've coached people down many times uh yes. so that's great it's great now uh eve let's step back for just a minute because i i suspect there will be a few of my followers who missed our episode last time why don't you take a minute and give people a quick overview of small change
1: sure so, Small Change is a real estate crowdfunding portal, which means that we are registered with the SEC and members of FINRA, and we can use um, a pretty new securities rule called regulation crowdfunding, which permits anyone who's 18 and over to invest. So, no longer just all those wealthy people, the 8%, who are accredited, but anyone who's an adult can invest in a company um, um, actually online. And so we have focused small change, this is my background, I'm an architect by training, I have a master's in urban design, and um, and I've also been a real estate developer. So on small change, we've decided, we decided to use that rule um, to help developers raise funds for real estate projects. But we also are focused on real estate projects with impact, with a mission. And that's because as a developer and an architect and urban designer, I really believe that buildings should make cities better for everyone. And too often, real estate projects these days are treated as commodities, as a way for people to um, make money and not make a place better. So on our platform, we just decided to make it doubly hard for ourselves. Um, we created something we call the Small Change Index, and uh, we don't raise money for developers unless their project scores at least at least 60% on that index. So it has to be doing something transformational for a neighborhood. Uh, what I what I love about what we've done and what's happened over the last couple of years is that not only are we supporting projects in disinvested neighborhoods and um, you know, building net zero buildings and things like that. But we have had a groundswell of uh, emerging developers come to us. And at this point, we have almost almost 60% of our developers or issuers are minority and or women, which I think is staggering, given the very uh, old white boy club that the real estate industry is.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it... It's funny, Eve, since we spoke last time, I, I spend about uh, 10% of my time fantasizing about uh, doing real estate projects uh, and funding them on small change. But so I, I just love what you're doing. Uh, and uh, I should confess now, I, I guess I have to be careful to, to, to caveat this is not trying to be investment advice, but I have already plunked down a little bit of money on your raise because I am so excited about small change.
1: Well, we thank you very much. It's wonderful. It's really great.
0: Now, you're, you're raising money on WeFunder. So I, I guess we have to limit what we say about the offering, but you can certainly tell people how to find it on WeFunder, right?
1: Yeah, we can. So the reason we're raising money on WeFunder and not on our own platform is that under regulation crowdfunding, we can't have an interest in any project that is on our platform. So oddly, we have to go and raise money on another platform for our business, and we're using WeFunder. So you can find us on WeFunder.com, WeFunder.com forward slash small change, pretty easy to find. Um so, yeah, it's been an interesting experience. Yeah,
0: yeah. And, you know, WeFunder has the same problem. They're raising money now and they're on another platform. <laughs> so <laughs> That's correct. We're all like, yeah. it's
1: like musical chains, yeah, it's, it's, right? kind of yeah, it's a little <laughs> daisy
0: chain sort of thing going on. Yes.
1: But
0: it's, um, you know, crowdfunding is uh, a wonderful way to raise money uh, and it's so let's talk, I think, a little bit more about the projects and people who are raising money on small change.
1: On small change, uh, Because you've yeah. done
0: some really cool projects uh, over yeah. the years.
1: So I would say at the moment we have you know maybe five of the best projects we've ever had that are live. And what really has happened over the last couple of years is there's been a definite and this came with COVID and the groundswell of unrest around um, uh, equitable places. Um, there's been this movement towards uh, experimenting with community ownership in real estate, which is pretty wonderful to watch. So we have, um, we have one project that on our platform that's actually aiming to be 100% community owned, which is extraordinary. And it's really been fun to see them um, put it together um we list projects all over the country right now we have one in phoenix arizona uh another in california another in portland um one in oakwood texas and another one in illinois so we're pretty um neutral when it comes to place it's really about the type of the type of development the developers doing and for us you know we developed this change index um because we think change comes in lots of ways. It isn't just about ESG or uh, net zero. It's really about who the development team is. Are they, um, you know, have they had an opportunity to do a project before? Is it in a place that hasn't had investment? Is the building doing something special for the neighborhood? Is the building especially environmentally friendly? All of those things, or any sub. Um, category of them could could be very transformational. We don't expect any one project to do all of those
0: things. You know. So and, that's and,
1: yeah.
0: Well, as you can say, crowdfunding also tends to provide its own intrinsic value to a project in terms of a Absolutely. social benefit. So, for instance, if a uh, if a developer is building uh, uh, affordable housing. Uh, typically, those are rental units and the people who live there have don't, um, they can live affordably, but their rents will tend to rise with inflation uh, and they're not building any equity. If they were to move into a project that was being funded via a crowdfunding project, uh, they would have an opportunity to have some ownership yeah. in the place where they live. And it w- completely changes that relationship uh, in a very exciting way, right? It does. And we're
1: seeing we're seeing crowdfunding in this way being used in a variety of ways. I mean, we certainly have projects who come to us uh, or developers who come to us who really need that equity to be able to get the bank loan and get the project built. You know, that's the simplest equation. I need the equity because the bank wants to see it, right? And I can't raise it all from the people I know or I just can't do it. Um, But there are, we're talking to some very large developers now who understand the value of engaging community more than just having a community meeting, actually giving them ownership in this place, especially if they're already living there and, um, and the value of the neighborhood they live in is going to improve. They want to give them some piece of that. So we see, you know, the two extremes here. People use crowdfunding for such a variety of reasons.
0: Yeah, and 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 with such exciting effect, such exciting. Yes, effect. In I agree. From my, from where I sit, um, let's talk a little bit more about the people. You've talked about the fact that about sixty percent of the people who are have raised money successfully on small change are not white men. That's uh, correct. What uh, can you give us some examples so we can kind of get oh. to know maybe one or two of these developers that? Yeah, uh, are a little non-traditional.
1: I hope some bankers are listening. Um, so we have two gentlemen who are black, who have purchased a building in Portland, Oregon. They are world-class artists. One of them works for a, a sports franchise, uh, designs their uniforms and does other artwork. The other is an astounding photographer who has had clients like National Geographic and Fortune 500. Companies And they decided that they wanted to create a creative hub in downtown Portland. Um, And with the help of a seasoned developer, found a building and purchased it. Um, Their creative hub, really the purpose of it is to create a meeting place for other people who look like them. They say they really have nowhere else to go and they want to create a place where they can um, have uh, gallery shows where they can play music where they can um have rental studios for people so that there's a little hub of activity for people who are um at the moment don't have any way to congregate um what what is really um almost makes me want to cry is when they talk to me about how difficult it's been for them to find a bank loan and um you know, I really don't want to believe it's, it's racism, but on the other hand, I have to believe it's racism because, you know, they, they've been to a dozen banks with a very professional-looking business plan which had their images in it. And once they took their images out, the bank started talking to them. So in the real estate industry, this is what we encounter. We don't know for sure um, how women or uh, minorities are being treated um, by loan officers. We don't know, I don't believe it's necessarily intentional, but the culture is so ingrained, you know, that that someone who looks this way, a white man, has more experience as a developer, and therefore the bank's more likely to get their money back. I really don't know what goes on in their heads, but this is a common story, a very common thread that we hear on our platform and I, you know, I, I, small change is little. I, I do hope we have some little measure of success to stop that behavior. Now, you've heard um, venture capital statistics, I'm sure. This year, about 2% of venture capital funds invested have gone to women-owned companies and only 1.2% to minority-owned companies. While that isn't tracked in the real estate world, I have to believe it looks exactly the same. And as a woman developer, um, you know, I go back in my mind over my career and what I encountered. And no one ever said to me, I'm not going to lend you the money because you're a woman. But I am certain that um, that I was stopped in many ways because I am a woman. I'm certain that many... Um, minorities are treated the same way i have heard this story many times from people who come to us so i the word is getting out we have a steady stream of developers who come to us who are minority and who are women um i hope they feel safe with us and they know that they're going to be treated equally um it's still um, disheartening to see how little they can raise and i really hope that changes but you know the old boys club is a club and people in a club like investing in people who are like them. And until we create some other club with a lot of money, that's not going to change very easily. Yeah,
0: that, That's exactly. what
1: we're, that's what we're up against.
0: It, it is a challenge. And, and I think everyone in the crowdfunding industry is working uh, enthusiastically to build a, a larger network of investors for these projects. But um, it is exciting to see what you are doing. Um, the, the, but even the, so,
1: you should know, like the majority of investors on our side are men, not women. And so, you know, women, you know, there's all these statistics about women investing. So, you know, all of these things are wrapped up together, like it's going to take a long time to really, to really seriously shift things. But I think you're right. Crowdfunding at least provides a place where people are thinking a little more equitably, a lot more equitably. And certainly the statistics in crowdfunding are quite different than in the VC world or the real estate world. But it's But we're raising such a drop in the bucket by comparison. You know, the statistics are good, but the total amount of dollars are minuscule by comparison to VC funds invested or, you know, enormous real estate funds or whatever you want to point to.
0: Yeah. It seems to me that uh, small change is what you envisioned Except only perhaps that you envisioned something that would become bigger. Uh, that you are right on track for with your projections, goals, and vision for small change. How do you feel about it?
1: Well, in some senses, I think we're better than I thought. Where I thought we'd be in terms of um, the ma- the amount of diversity on our platform—that really makes me very happy. Um, I've become very cynical about impact investing. I I'm not sure it's real. I think that impact investors with a lot of money like the idea of the gravy that impact gives them, but I I don't really believe that they want to give up a cent of return. So where I am today is a little cynical. I I I don't, I don't know what it's going to take to really shift things. But there is so much money being poured into um, the same. So much money. Like, we're just working on the fringes here. This is, like, not even a drop in the ocean by comparison. So what's it going to take to, you know, have a 10% share or, you know, something meaningful? I, I don't
0: really know. Yeah, it's, uh, it really is, uh, uh, I think, frustrating at times when we see impact investors, even sometimes impact investors who think of themselves as impact first, unwilling to concede any portion of their returns. At the same time, you're creating something that uh, has great potential to, to grow, to flourish, and to drive those returns as well. So it's exciting to see. What well, you're we've creating. Had really,
1: we've had pretty good returns. So, the projects that have gone full cycle that raise money with us have averaged about a 12.5% internal rate of return, which is really it's pretty good, especially, especially because these were early projects. And I, I really believe that we've gotten better at. Um, at really, listing quality projects, I would say the projects yeah. and the developers who've come, who are coming to us as we get as we get older and more mature are more mature developers themselves. So I think that number is going to get better. Can't say for sure because I have to say that you know investing is always a risk, and you really never know what's going to happen. Kind of evidenced by the whole economic meltdown we're going through now. But but still. Um, I think I think the returns can be really good and I um I'm pretty proud of what we built it's been very it's been very difficult and I think anyone who's doing this knows that and I really hope that you know people start seeing the value of investing a, a little bit beyond their comfort level right
0: yeah yeah for sure now, Eve, as I've gotten to know you, I've begun to appreciate that you really are uh, an amazing human being, and I'm oh, so grateful to have you. So grateful to have you in my network. When we spoke last, you told me that your superpower was the way you get fired up by someone telling you no, <laughs> the, the the way that you uh, stick to it no matter what, the, your your sense of endurance, your persistence. Um, Tell me a little bit more about how you developed that amazing ability
1: um I really don't know I, I think I'm just I, I think I'm a very loyal person and so um, I have developed very strong ideas about who I am and how the, how I think the world should be and it's very difficult for me to pull myself away from that this is this is this is sort of part of my DNA right yeah. so I also um, I don't think of myself as a really kind of out there creative person taking risks, but I think I'm I, I really dot my eyes and cross my t's. And so when I when I do a project like Small Change, I've really thought it through, and I I you know I'm pretty careful about what I do. I'm not sure the. The rest of the world views it that way i just i don't really know i don't really know the way they see what i do what, what for, for example i built a loft building in downtown pittsburgh it was actually the first loft in downtown pittsburgh and at the time i was really stunned when a uh banker told me like oh honey no one's no one's gonna live downtown i thought what have you been reading? You know, this is not rocket science (laughs) like all over the world. People are moving to downtown. This was a couple of decades ago. Yeah. Still, it was not like, like Pittsburgh. I live in Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh is not at the forefront of, of new things, but it just seemed, um, I must've looked to him like a crazy person. (laughs) And to me, it seemed absolutely sensible, you know? So I think, um, That that is there too. So if someone says to me, "No, you can't do this," and I've really thought it through, I'm going to dig in. It it's not going to it's not going to stop me. Um, Probably especially because I'm a woman, and women get told no a lot. So if I listened to that, I would have done nothing with my life. Um, And instead instead I'm I've done a lot, and um, and I've enjoyed it and. If I'd listened to all the no's, then none of this would have
0: happened, right? Yeah, it's so, so true. It's a powerful insight. As we, you have done a number of projects, uh, and Mm -hmm. I've got to think that that persistence helped you push some of those over the finish line. Can you think of one where... Where you really think, oh man, I—if I had not been persistent, I could not have gotten it done. And, and maybe tell us the story mm-hmm. of that project.
1: Oh, I can think of all of them. So you know, in my real estate, in my real estate work, so you know, small change is really a reflection of the real estate projects I did, which were really—I uh, moved to Pittsburgh unexpectedly. Um, a Very soft market. Pittsburgh had a terrible self-image um, and was trying to reinvent itself. And I saw, like, this these incredible opportunities. For me, it was an opportunity to experiment a little with real estate. And so I did some projects that were, for Pittsburghers, really hard and maybe a little crazy, like the first loft building downtown. Um, I sold that building out before it was ever finished, by the way. So my yeah. thinking was it's only eight units. Surely there have to be eight other people in Pittsburgh who want to live here, right? It wasn't such a heavy lift. Um, So I did a project in a neighborhood called East Liberty. And I bought the building from the city actually um, for a thousand dollars. As a beautiful Richardsonian historic building, six stories tall, about 30,000 square feet. Wow. It had been vacant for 15 years. You could fly a small plane through the hole in the roof and I called it my green building because everything inside was covered in green moss and pigeon shit. Right? It was,
0: yeah. There was
1: nothing to save except the walls. And that project took me a year longer to close than I wanted. It took 12 sources of financing. Even at a cost of $1,000, the bank would not lend me more than 40% of the total. Um I, I, I just scrounged everywhere for s- sources of funds. The mayor gave me $50,000. $50, I got a, a LISC loan. I got a bank loan. I got a, a matching facade grant, historic tax credits, um, four different loans from the Urban Redevelopment Authority. So I really had to learn because none of them had a lot of money and all of them would say, well, we've got this much Figure out how best you can use it. I really had to learn how to manipulate the, my spreadsheet and the numbers to make it work. Um, that was that was an intense project that I wasn't sure I would finish. And today, that neighborhood has stabilized, and it's a it's the beautiful building. And I'm glad I was be able to be able to bring it back to life. So all of my project look somewhat like that. The building I live in, which ended up being uh, published in Dwell and got an AIA award. It's a tiny little 5,000-square-foot building with retail first floor and three units, and it took me five years to build that. I would say five years for 5,000 square feet because the original building was in a historic district. It was in terrible shape. Um, You couldn't walk into it. It was actually dangerous. It took at least a year to get approval from the Historic Review Commission to take it down. The previous owner hadn't paid, hadn't paid water bills and taxes. So there was this long negotiating, negotiating with the county and the city on liens and what would happen if I sold the building at a windfall, what a joke. Never going to happen. And it was a huge process for a tiny building. And even the contractor was 18 foot wide by 110 foot long site between two buildings. And the contractor said this is like one of the most difficult projects he's ever built because there was nowhere to stage. You know, the front of the building is a downtown sidewalk and the back of the building is a tiny little alley. So that was... um, that was, that was a lot of work, but I love living there, so it was worth yeah. every second of it. So the developers who come to our side are all struggling with projects like that. You know, they're all struggling with an unusual idea, an innovative idea, a new way to do affordable housing, a new prop tech company, um, a, some sort of value add that no one's thought of before. And, um, and so you know, not only are we promoting um, disinvested people and neighbourhoods, but we're promoting new innovative ideas because banks don't like those. Banks are really not set up to finance those. They really want to yeah. finance like the same thing over and over again, which is why we have cities looking the way they look. You'll see the same thing over and over again because it's very easy to build it and finance it. So. Um, I think small change is amazing when I think about it because we're yeah. tackling we're tackling projects that I think will make cities better in so many different ways. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well Eve as you think about uh this uh, talent, this skill, the superpower of yours of uh, persistence, resilience, uh endurance, um how would you coach someone to develop that strength? That, it's so hard, uh, I think, for people to learn that, but I think there are ways to get better at it. Even if you're not good at it, you can get better.
1: Yeah, maybe. Um, I think probably another superpower I have is not listening to people, which some might think is bad, but I think is actually good. Um I think, I think if you know, this is not for everyone. I think there are people who are very happy um, being part of a team and not being a leader and not taking those sorts of risks. I'm just not that person. So I'm not sure you can coach everyone to do that. Um, You know, there's very clear roles in business. There are people who are starters and there are people who maintainers and there are people who are growers and I am without a doubt, a starter. If I go into maintenance mode, I get really bored. So I think it has to do with your personality as well. I'm not. I'm not sure it's completely trainable. Um,
0: yeah, fair <laughs> point. Fair point. Well, Eve, I'm so grateful that you would take the time to to do this podcast with me today. Uh, I'm excited to share this with our audience and I want to yeah. encourage everyone to to give a thoughtful look. At your WeFunder page, obviously, I want to encourage everyone to be thoughtful and and to be uh, wise about the investments and not risk too much money. But I certainly want to encourage people to take a look uh, because I think you're take doing work. Take a look, and also work. take
1: a look take a look at smallchange.co. Co. And you know, some people are real estate developers, and some some people are real estate investors, and some are some are company investors. So if you lean towards real estate, that's worth a look as well, right?
0: Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, Eve, thank Thank you you so much for being with us. Thank you very much for having me. Before we wrap up, you mentioned smallchange.co. That's the website. How do people find you on WeFunder? How do they find you on social media? How do they get in touch with you personally if they want to? How would you respond to those? Sure. So my email
1: address is eve at smallchange.co, not .com, okay? Although that will still reach me but not for long um social media we actually uh, uh most of our sites are at our small change linkedin you can just find me by name eve picker and that's probably where we're busiest most active uh and WeFunder is WeFunder.com forward slash small change but if you just go to wefunder.com you can you can search small change and we'll pop up as well it's pretty straightforward
0: Yeah. That's a great, great point. Um, So, Eve, thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Thank you. you. We we wish you every success with this crowdfunding raise and hope to see you off to bigger and bolder, better projects, and more and more. We just want to see you succeed in every way. Thank you. All righty. Let's do some good. Thank you for tuning in to the Superpowers for Good show. Twice each week, we host changemakers who share their impact, insights, and superpowers. Don't miss another episode. Subscribe today at superpowersforgood.com. That's superpowers, number four, good.com. Be super empowered. Get your copy of the book, Superpowers for Good, as an ebook, audiobook, paperback, or hardcover edition via your favorite online retailer. Interested in having me speak to your company, organization, or association? Visit DevonThorpe.com. then let's talk. Now, keep using your superpowers for good. Together, we can reverse climate change, improve global health, and eradicate poverty.